he was hospitalized after purposely cutting off all the fingers on one hand with a hatchet. And he asked the guard to take care of the fingers on the other hand. Oh my gosh. Wait, Did you that? see that? <gasps> what? Yeah. What is this? What? Oh my gosh, what's going on? I don't know. This is a part that's scary because nothing's happening. Oh! <laughs> oh my gosh. No! It's time for girls and ghouls. Okay, let's talk about it. Mark and I watched Weird Science the other night. Yes. I love that movie so yes. much. Yes. Yep. It's such a good movie. That is I a good had movie. forgotten how fashionable they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. It was kind of funny. Like, there's one scene where Wyatt and what's-his-face are, like, all dressed up to go to the mall, and then they mm -hmm. walk out of their room, and it's, like, the electric impulse or whatever from their mm -hmm. science project that changes their clothes and yes. supposedly makes them better. Yes. And I'm like, wait, that's the improvement? <laughs> like, it was, like, a... Like a black sport coat with like gold stripes on it and shoulder pads. That's slick, man. <laughs> That's slick. The mock turtlenecks were going on. Yeah. And it's funny because Robert Downey Jr. is in that movie and he is nothing like he is today. He's, <laughs> He's like an so infant funny. child. I know. Oh, he's got man. the crazy 80s hair and he's got like all the pins and stuff all over his jacket and... I totally yeah, forgot really about weird science. <laughs> so funny. Don't look up what the actors look like now because you'll be sadly disappointed. Except for Robert Downey Jr. Well, except for him. He's the only one that got better. He did. He's like fine wine. Yeah. I think. Anthony I Michael Hall. He's not, I mean, he didn't age badly, I guess. He's, right. He's, it's not terrible. It's not but terrible. the dude that plays Wyatt, not so much. And Kelly Brock. Mm-mm. <laughs> She does not look oh, good. Oh, no. Bless it. Because she was gorgeous in that movie. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to introduce John to? Hmm. Um, Wayne's World. He he's, won't watch it? He's like, I don't really like, and this was the moment that I questioned my decision to marry him, by the way. <laughs> I don't really like Mike Myers. Like, <gasps> oh, you what? take that back. Take it back. And I said, I thought you said you liked... So I married an axe murderer, which was like criteria for our marriage. Yeah. And he said, well, yeah. I do like that movie. And I said, it's all Mike Myers. How can you not like Mike Myers? That's all Mike Myers. Yeah. It's all him. Every character. Oh, my God. And he's like, well, you know, it's, that that movie's fine. And I was like, you don't like Austin Powers. That's what you associate which Mike Myers is with. is also blasphemy. Also blasphemy. Speaking of which... The whole reason that this conversation was brought up is because I saw Mike Myers for the first time in so, so long on the... Because he's in Bohemian Rhapsody. I didn't know that. But I saw him doing interviews on, was it Jimmy Fallon? Mm-hmm. And he was Dr. Evil again. And I was so excited. <laughs> About Doctor Evil running for Congress, he'd have my vote. <laughs> yeah, for I sure. would vote for him. I love that whole "Let's get Pringles cans and make them smaller." <laughs> uh, but I love it. I don't know. I don't. I, I, people have been talking about like a possible, like what it, another or, Austin Powers. Yeah, but there's been like talk of like an, a Doctor Evil origin story, apparently. Now, that might be good. That might be good. But I just don't know if I can see Dr. Evil without Mini-Me. I know. That makes me so sad. And you can't get another Vern Troyer. You There's can't. not another one of him. No. It's so sad. So sad. But, yeah. Yeah, I did not realize he was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah. Until I went to see Bohemian Rhapsody. 
Oh, you saw it? And yeah, I saw it. It's amazing, by the way. It's so good. I love Queen anyway. It's just a great, it's a great movie. It's a really cool story of Freddie Mercury. Anyway, but yeah, he plays one of their like agent people, producer people, whatever. I don't know. Oh. One of those people. And he's got the slightest little bit of a Scottish accent. Of course. And I was like, hee, 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 hee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh, my gosh. Because, like, the whole time he's talking in the movie, I'm just kind of giggling because I'm hearing the dad from So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yes. That's probably- I love it. <laughs> Actually, I think I'd probably hear, what was the guy's name in the, was it the second, uh, second Austin Powers? Fat Bastard. That's it. <laughs> That's I want my the... baby back, baby back, baby back. Ribs. <laughs> That's it. Chili. <laughs> baby back ribs. <laughs> well, hello, friends. Hi. <laughs> Welcome back to Girls and Ghouls. If you're new around here, we are a paranormal comedy podcast that talks about everything. <laughs> Me too. We do have, we've kind of been talking a lot about movies lately. I don't, I guess, I mean, my daughter wants to be in film when she graduates. So we go see lots of movies. Oh yeah. That's kind of the thing that we do. It's just that time of year for me where it's getting dark early and Mm -hmm. the kids are falling asleep earlier because it's dark and their body, their little, their little child brains are like, oh, it's dark. I'm tired. And then they go to bed and they sleep. Awesome. It's so nice. But that means I'm also in that, like, let me put on some comfy pajamas and sit on the couch and watch a movie. So, mm-hmm. and even, like, I've got a kiddo home today, sick. And, I mean, that's what he's doing right now. He's, like, all bundled up in blankets. And that's the best. It's just the best. Best sick days. Poor kid. Yep. It's honestly, <laughs> he has no voice. <laughs> it's like Aww. this little horse voice, you know? And it's my middle son, and he's the loudest of my three kids. <laughs> so it's been really adorable to have him walk around the house like, Mom! Mom! <laughs> like, <laughs> You're like, I can't hear you. What are you saying? <laughs> I don't know. Bye! <laughs> it's really cute. You're though. evil. I know. I just have to give him a hard time because when I lost my voice a couple of weeks ago, he was like, you want me to have ice cream? Yes? Okay. <laughs> Cut from the same cloth. Speaking of, I have been craving ice cream and I need to go get some. I yes. want the moose tracks from Mayfield. Yes. Yum. So good. It's got I like the ribbons of fudge. Ribbons. Isn't that nice? The ribbons. She's like doing the dance. <laughs> Just doing the dance. Drawing the ribbons. <laughs> drawing so the ribbons. Good. Oh my gosh. So good. I got southern butter pecan ice cream. And I ate it slowly with intention, and it was wonderful. (laughs) As you do. As I do, yes, because I found out that I'm, you're welcome, friends, perimenopausal, and I need to eliminate most happiness from my diet. So (laughs) this is my week of shenanigans, and then I'm going primarily plant-based. Did you tell your doctor that you draw the line at sweet tea? I did. I said, look, I will give up most things, but I need my sweet tea. And she was like, I mean, it's up to you. We can always just give you, you know, these supplements, these hormones. And I was like, listen, no, I cried during an episode of My Little Pony last week. I don't need any more hormones. (laughs) Did you really? I legit cried in the middle of an episode of My Little Pony. Goodness. This is my life. As a 32-year-old woman. But yes, I legit cried during an episode of My Little Pony. It was one I'd already seen. I turned it on. <laughs> they discovered the, you know, power of friendship. And they defeated Aww. the bad guy. And I was like, it's so beautiful. And the bad guy wasn't actually a bad guy. She was just misunderstood, you know? Nightmare Moon. She couldn't help it. And then I was like. <laughs> Nightmare Moon. Nightmare Moon. Oh and then gosh. my husband walked in the room and he was like, <clears throat> is everything okay? Awful. <laughs> oh my god that's awesome it was amazing and terrible and just a true <laughs> true like 
foreshadowing of menopause, like what non-perimenopause will be like. Because immediately after crying, I had a hot flash. And then I was like, I'm done with the day. <laughs> you got yourself a horse. Like, I was all verklempt about the ponies. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the first new Publix ad of the year. Because those always get me around the holidays. No. See, I can't watch commercials around oh. holidays because they're awful. They're awful. Publix does it. Publix does it to me every year. It's always Publix. They have some sweet little whatever mm-hmm. commercial, and I'm just like sobbing on the couch. Who did the commercial in with my the Christmas old guy? blanket? What old guy? The old man who was all by his little lonesome, and he sits in his house all by himself every day looking at a window. And then one day he gets a card in the mail from his family and he's like a little bit happy and he's like, that's nice. But he's still alone. And then his family shows up and he cries. I think it was like a Hallmark commercial or something. Oh my God, that sounds awful. I don't know. But Christmas commercials, man, they get me. I, yeah. I don't like them. Give me a Christmas commercial that is helpful. Like one with a, like a cookie recipe on it that will, it's just like slowly, Pillsbury, take note. If you have a recipe that's just slowly scrolling on the screen, I will pay attention. I will screenshot it or something, right? And then I will make it. And I will go and buy something that is Pillsbury brand or something like that. I don't know. You know one of my favorite Christmas commercials from like a couple years ago? I don't even remember. I think it was PetSmart. Mm -hmm. And it was such a cute and fun commercial. The whole commercial is like the family's getting ready for Christmas and it's like multiple days go by and the dog's just sitting there staring out the window and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And finally on Christmas Day, the family gets their kids up and they open the back door and there's a trampoline that they had given their kids and the dog runs out and jumps on the trampoline and he's like bouncing and his ears are flying and he's just the happiest thing. It's so cute. I love it. I think I saw that. (laughs) Do dogs really do it's that, a, do you think? There's video of, like, bulldogs on trampolines. Oh, my God. I'm going to get and a they trampoline, love it. and I'm going to throw Lily in it. <laughs> she'll go right through the middle. <laughs> she, she'll just, like, fall right there. It'll collapse on her in the yeah. little trampoline taco. <sighs> that dog. She was, she was really excited about something. And we have, like, a baby gate at the top of our stairs that has been there forever. So that she doesn't go into, like, the kids' rooms and steal their stuffed animals and stuff. Well, she got really excited about something, and she just barreled through it, ripped the anchor screws right out of the wall. It's like, what in the world? And then she's sitting there, like, in the hall with the gate. Like, she's wedged her head through the slats of the gate (laughs) because she's busted one of the pieces of wood out. And she's just sitting there with it hanging on her head. I'm like, Like, I don't know what to do. What have you done? I'm like, back up. Help me. (laughs) Help me. I'm poor. Did you see my status from last night, my post last night? Uh, What gave me gray hairs? No. Okay. So, after a very stressful Monday and Tuesday, I decided to treat myself to a bubble bath with a book. Right? Okay. So, I'm all relaxed. The kids are all asleep. It's like after 11 at this point. Everybody's asleep, even my husband. And I'm convinced this is my time. So I've got my tea. I've got my book. I've been in there for maybe 15 minutes. Enough time to fully immerse myself in this, like, other world and not be paying attention to anything happening outside of the book. All of a sudden, my bathroom door is busted open. And I had it locked, okay? The door is busted open. My 10-year-old is sleepwalking. And has busted the door open and walks into the bathroom and does this little dance, like a little disco dance, then snaps his fingers and points at me and he goes, love you, and then walks away. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's the best. So many gray hairs. (laughs) So many gray hairs. It's like, oh, my God. It's it's after 11. You're supposed to be in bed. Why are you... Why are you up? And that was when I realized he was sleeping. Because all the while he's going, like he's like trying to sing a song, but he sounds like he's on drugs. It's the best. That's hilarious. And that's when I knew he was getting sick. He always sleepwalks and he's sick. That's fun times around your house. Fun times. Mm -hmm. So. (laughs) Are you ready to get scary? I guess so. Who's going first? I think you are. I think you. Me? (laughs) I'm going first. 
I think I went first last time, didn't I? Oh, that's right, because we tried to record, and then it didn't end up recording. And it didn't work. That's right, so I did start. Guys, I'm telling you, this podcast is cursed. Is cursed. Is cursed. We do our other podcast. We're 101, 102 episodes in. Never had an issue. Nope. And this one, for whatever reason. And we record them exactly the same way. Yep. And it's not just my ghost. It's her ghost now, too, because last time she hit record. And it didn't mm-hmm. record. Yeah. You must have been. Were you going to tell something really terrible? I don't even remember. Oh. We were probably talking about something useless. We were when we, we do. We were when, when, it, when we realized it. We were talking about your beardy, actually. My beardy? That's what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. My bumblebee. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what we were talking about. You were talking about taking her to the vet and how she's having her first shed and all that stuff. Yeah. And it just decided it like, not to record any of that conversation. So, this is boring. Uh, no one wants to hear about <laughs> lizards and their dead skin. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. It's probably true. It's probably true. We probably would have edited that out anyways. <laughs> no, I'd have left it in. It's that would have fine. been our intro. That was the one where I was playing with my new mic. And I hate that that didn't record because that was going to be the very beginning of that episode. Yeah, that's right. It would have been great. Darn it. Maybe I'll do it on the next one. Okay. I'll sing us in on the next Yes, one. sing us in on the next one. It's perfect. So I've been, I've been kind of bringing the evil lately. <laughs> and my coffee maker's been turning on by itself. So we're going to take it nice and slow. We're going to go like easy listening style ghost story today. Because... Well, to be truthful, I just thought this story would have more to it, and then I got too lazy to look for a different one. So, this is the story of the Drake. Not the Drake, like the musician the Drake, but the hotel the Drake. <laughs> like That would be awesome if it was him. <laughs> it was him. He is haunted. He's, haunt- he's haunted. He has ghosts. Maybe he does. Yeah. I've heard some like crazy-ish about him lately. But this is not a celebrity gossip podcast, so we won't talk about it. We'll, we'll start that one. That'll we'll be the next one. Yeah, okay. Next podcast. I thought our next We're podcast. We're going to end up with like 15 podcasts. 15 podcasts. All about. <laughs> all we do. Nothing. <laughs> and you know what? People would listen. Mm-hmm. Marley told my husband this weekend that he needs to start a podcast and just like not even really talk about anything, but just put a microphone up when he's like watching TV or stuff. Yeah. And people would listen because he just talks to the TV. He has full-blown conversations. He even has arguments with the TV. That's what we do. It's how we roll. Anyway, go ahead with your The Drake. The Drake, yes. So The Drake is a hotel in Chicago. Um, it is a luxury hotel. It's a very fancy hotel. Um, it's very fancy. Very fancy. It's overlooking Lake Michigan. So it's got this like beautiful like lake beach view. Um, not unlike Kirsten's view. Um, <laughs> they even have boats. <laughs> so, <gasps> no. <laughs> no. So it's founded in 1920. It's very like, like I said, very fancy. It's Italian Renaissance style. And it is one of Chicago's landmark hotels. And the rival to the long-standing, like, number one Palmer House, which I have no clue how, like, recent that is. But it, everywhere was like, long-standing rival of the Palmer House. So, apparently that means something. Huge hotel, though. It has 535 rooms, 74 suites, a six-room presidential suite, several restaurants, which I think is pretty cool several restaurants so if you're um a foodie like me you have your choice of whatever you want two large ballrooms for all of your dancing needs um a club called the palm court though from what i'm getting about the club it's really not like they're not like in there with their like rave music like you know dancing it's just like a lobby that has a door on it where you can go. Do you think Drake has ever played at the Drake? Drake has played at the Drake in the Palm Court, where he's so fancy. Yes. 
This sounds like a Vegas hotel. It does sound like, it looks like a Vegas hotel, to be honest. Um, it also has something called the Club International. It's a members only club that they introduced in the 40s. So, this is a, a fancy, fancy, fancy hotel with a lot of, a lot of traffic. Like, lots of people have been, you know, going there. Um, lots of celebrities, including people like Elizabeth Taylor, Hugh Hefner, Walt Disney, Frank Sinatra. All these people have passed through, including, oh, one of the things I thought was kind of interesting was that uh, Princess Diana was there not long before she died. It was like, the Drake is cursed. That's not said anymore. Yes. I'm just making that up. Um, so, um, the Drake was not actually the Drake in the beginning. It was an estate that belonged to, uh, Potter Palmer in 1916, but Tracy Drake and John Drake bought the, the estate and they turned it into this hotel. They, uh, paid, <laughs> they paid 10 million for it, um, which in present day, and I we I looked for this, it was a hundred. It's a hundred and twenty million dollar building. Whoa! Huge, expensive hotel. Um, it also ended up serving <clears throat> as a radio studio for a while in the twenties, and um, Tracy and John lived in the hotel for a long time before the Great Depression when they lost it. I mean, why wouldn't you? I know. If you live in a place that has two ballrooms and you can afford, you know, $120 million, do you think they got that out of their couch? Probably. Do you mm -hmm. think Dug rich people, I want to know rich people that listen to this podcast. <laughs> do you think we have rich people who listen to this? That's the first question. Rich people listen to our podcast because we say the word fancy. It's in their keyword search. <laughs> We've optimized fancy mm -hmm. podcasts for the rich and famous. Fancy, fancy people. Fancy, fancy do you, people. Do you find money in your couch? That's what we want to know. Yeah, do you find money in That's your couch? That's what the peoples wants to know. And is it a significant amount of money? You're like, oh, that's where that wad of thousand dollars went. I thought yeah. it was in my back pocket. Like, are you carrying cash like that? Also... When you make a purchase that's over a million dollars, like, do you consult with someone first or you're just like, I got this, yo? Yeah, like, you know, Mark and I have a dollar amount that's like our conversation amount, you know, like yeah. we have to talk about it first. Yeah. I want to know what your conversation amount is. Yeah, I want to know. Is it like a cool million? Like, if you're going to... Like, anything over that, we need to talk about it first, but... 999,000 whatever whatever yeah, like that's fine. anything under that you're good just day-to-day -day purchases that's fine and also <laughs> for non-rich listeners for the normies uh i'd like to know how far do you push that conversation number because we have a number and i like to push it to one cent below the conversation <laughs> If it's below, oh, even just a few goodness. cents below the number, I'm like, well, it's below the number. It's fine. It's underneath. It's yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You didn't say you said at this point. You know, if you want it to be at this Poor number, John. I know. He loves I'm so me. So sorry for your husband. He loves me. He loves me. Okay, so <laughs> so um at some point, the hotel was purchased by someone. I literally could not find out who it was that purchased it for. a. There was, like, somebody who owned it after the Drakes stopped owning it. There was an owner in the, in the it middle. It was me. It was Kirsten. It was, it was That me. was her original lake house. That's right. <laughs> she just wanted something a little more secluded because she was getting mm -hmm. too fancy and famous for this hotel. Um, <laughs> but at some point in time... Um, somebody owned it and I cannot find any records for it and it doesn't matter. Um, because at this point in time, um, Frank, the enforcer Nitty, I guess he's a mafia member, mob mm -hmm. member. He maintained his <clears throat> office in a suite of rooms there at the time, like during that time. And apparently this let in some mm, unsavory 
characters and mm. things started to happen more there. There were like murders and some suicides and all that jazz. Um, and then, and it was like, most of those things aren't like super dramatic. It was like someone got murdered and that's it. But then the Hilton bought it in 96 for $45 million. And nothing else bad has happened there since, I guess. That being said, that period of time where this mafia member had it, there were some bad things that did leave some residual bad energies. My And this is where Fun. I... Yeah. This is where I get really annoyed because I'm like, okay. <laughs> Give me monsters and oozing faucets like I'm used to. <laughs> so we have on the 10th floor, I want you to just brace yourselves. Okay. The woman in red. <gasps> Not white. Not white. What? The woman in red. The woman in red. Yeah. So the woman in red, um, who has no name, she's got no name. Um, her husband had a name, but if she doesn't have a name, I'm not giving him a name. Um, she, she discovers her significant other dancing with another woman. Shameful. Shameful. And after the dance, they were canoodling in a corner. <gasps> Canoodlers. And being the reasonable woman that the woman in red was, she dashed to the 10th floor or the roof. There have been two accounts of the story. And mm. then jumped to her death. Because that's what you do when you see your husband dancing with somebody else. You just jump out the what window. What if it was a business associate? I mean, if I caught my husband canoodling with his business associates, <clears throat> it wouldn't I be mean, me flying out a window. Exactly. <laughs> Why would you kill yourself? Like, oh my God. I don't know. Just saying. At least she did it in a fashionable outfit because that is the outfit that she wears for eternity now because she is often seen running through the hall of the 10th floor and in rooms. She does this thing where she, uh, I guess she is looking for her lost love or something. Like maybe she regrets what she did, but she likes to do this thing where she stands over dudes' beds and stares at them. So they just- That's not creepy at all. No, I mean, it's. I feel like a woman who throws herself out a window over her significant... Her words. <laughs> her cinnamon and other. Her cinnamon other. Um, <laughs> a woman who throws herself out the window over her significant other is definitely going to make non-creepy decisions in her afterlife. Right. Um, Standing over the beds of men feels normal. I mean, that feels fine to me. So, I mean, I do that to Mark all the time. <laughs> what would you? What would he do? <laughs> he would freak out. I'm sure. I think we He's should like, do this. Doing? This should be like a new. Oh, I got. I got to channel the Mark voice that I had. I don't even remember what. I don't know. What are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> Go to bed. It's nine thirty. Go to bed. <laughs> It's 9.30. <laughs> That's what he would say. <laughs> Why are you up so late? <laughs> Why are you up so late? It's 9.30. What are you doing? <laughs> I think that should be a challenge. Everybody, stand beside your significant other's bed. Just stare. And just stare until they wake up. Because they will wake up. <laughs> yeah, they will. And film it. <laughs> oh my goodness, that would be so funny. So that's what... <laughs> That's what the lady in red does. She runs through the halls, very upset. She hurls herself out windows. Um, that was one story. I just have a visual of Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone running. <laughs> the only video I saw of her, because there's a video of oh, her. Oh, there's video. Yeah, there's a video okay. of her. But she's just like racing down the hall. She's like, peace just, out. Do you see her? Do you see like a red you see, flash? Okay, by? so it's just like she's at one part of the hall and you can see what looks like, I don't know, like like 
like someone put watercolor paint in the middle of the screen or something like it it's like red it like looks okay. like it could be a person but it's not a person right and then all of a sudden it's moving fast away from the camera oh and i'd like to see that oh look it up on youtube it's all over youtube and the dude's filming it is like oh my was awesome so it was pretty funny um <laughs> so that's what she does she she just runs and scares the dickens out of men in their beds um though i did read one story in a forum that he invited her to his bed and things went phantomly sexy um well that escalated quickly. quickly yeah but that was in a forum and who knows how valid that is so did she get phantom pregnant she got phantom pregnant gross like i'm thinking about this on the other side ew okay yeah <laughs> <Ew. Ew. laughs> so to counter the woman in red we have the woman in black Oh, oh, dun, dun, dun. Now, this story is weird, okay? And, I mean, I could do, like, a whole episode on this story by itself, but I decided to, like, we're, this isn't a murder podcast. So, the woman in black is at the center of Chicago's weirdest unsolved murder. Which, and, and like, to this day, it is unsolved. They still have no idea what happened, why it happened, um, it just did. Uh, in January 19th, 1944, there was a report out, a woman shot at the Drake. Now, hearing that, it sound you would automatically assume, like, and I don't know why, but back in that time, you assume that, like, it's crossfire from, like, other things happening. Women getting shot wasn't, like, that wasn't a common occurrence to see in, like, these fancy hotels. Um, but Adele Williams... A socialite and wife of a State Department person uh, was going back to her suite on the eighth floor with her daughter when a middle-aged, gray-haired woman wearing a black Persian lamb coat stepped out of the bathroom and began shooting at them. Uh, Adele was uh, shot in the head, but she did not die until the next day. Her daughter was fine. So... Multiple witnesses saw a woman in black run away from the scene, um, but the police. Sorry. You're good. The police were never. I've been holding in a sneeze. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Woo, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> the police were never able to solve the case. They could never figure out who the woman was that randomly shot Adele and her daughter. Um, they just know that it was a woman wearing a fur coat and that she took off after she did it. And that was it. So it's like one of those weird things that, I mean, with so many people seeing, you would think that there would be some like indication of who it was, but they just didn't know. Um, so to make things even stranger, the gun used in the crime was found several days later at the bottom of the stairwell that police had searched thoroughly and a spare key to Adele's room that had gone missing turned up at the front desk. So, Weird. yeah. So the the person who the woman who killed who killed Adele came back to the hotel obviously and no one saw it. This is like Richard Ramirez all over again. They're like, "Hey, you're that lady that shot that lady." No, 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 it's cool. Just put your gun there and your key card or whatever. I guess they don't use key cards. In that in, in the forties, no forties, they're using actual <laughs> keys. Put your put your key on the counter. It's fine. So, and I'm assuming they didn't have security footage at that time either. Nope, just a lot of witnesses who saw her go down, who saw her run away, and who found, I guess, the gun. So I don't know. Couldn't identify her. We could not identify her. Something's fishy about this. And I've read through so many, so many articles about that particular murder case because it is like such a strange thing. Adele didn't have any like enemies that were, you know, that they were aware of. They weren't. Especially like a woman murdering another woman. Right. I feel like that's really odd, especially for the 40s. Right. It's a really weird, really weird story. And to have so many witnesses. And no one came forward to say, I know who this person is. 
And they looked for years and years and years. So this is where this story is weird. Um, People often say that they see a woman in black trying to slink into the suite on the eighth floor. Now, this is strange because the woman in black is the woman who shot Adele. But the people that see a woman trying to get into the suite say that it is a woman wearing black. And she's often spotted, like, leaving very hastily. You know, she's on the stairs. She's just trying to get away. Um, She doesn't seem to be noticing other people. Or anything. She's just kind of like re, like redoing history, I guess, or repeating history. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make a lot of sense because uh, Adele wasn't wearing black. And um, she didn't even die at the hotel. She died at the hospital. So it could be coincidence. It could be someone else. I mean, there were multiple suicides. But most of the suicides happened on the 10th floor. Which is yeah. also a strange thing. That's weird. How um, high yeah. is this building? It's got to be pretty big, right? It's a very it's tall building. Or something. Yeah, it's a very mm-hmm. tall building, and it's a multi-level building. Like, there are um, two parts that are level, and then there's this, like, front area that's, like, half the size of everything okay. else. So they've, like, added on to it over the years. <clears throat> yeah. So there are lots of ways to get really high <laughs> and jump. Um, but people maintain that when they stay on the eighth floor that they run across uh, the woman in black, that she will jiggle their doorknobs. She'll be in their rooms. Um, People have turned on their bathroom light and they see a woman standing in there and then she disappears. Uh, Just random stuff like that. that. It would freak me out. But like, there's no one touching anyone like this story. These stories are so mild to me because it's like Mm -hmm. they're, they are just there. They're just there. They're not aware of anything else happening, and I think that's strange because a lot of the ghost stories that we tell here, the entities somehow interact with the people, but these don't. Mm-hmm. So that's the woman in black. And then the saddest one, and there are like apparently a lot of ghosts that wander about that nobody knows, but the one that I think is the saddest is the last one I'm going to tell is um, the parents of Bobby Frank, Bobby Frank's. Have you, have you heard that story? Mm-mm. So uh, Bobby <clears throat> Franks was a 15-year-old boy who was kidnapped by uh, Leopold and Loeb, um, University of Chicago students. Um, they kidnapped him and murdered him just to see if they could get away with it. Which oh my God. is disgusting. Yeah. Um, immediately after the trial was over and uh, Leopold and Loeb were convicted uh bobby's family sold their mansion and they moved into the drake they lived there um jacob franks was a retired uh, the retired president of the rockford watch company and a millionaire (laughs) he died of a massive heart attack in his suite four years after his son was beat to death Hmm. uh bobby's mother flora died in the hotel nine years later both the parents and uh, their son are in a mausoleum in Rose Hill Cemetery, which is not far from the hotel. But uh, they often see a man that looks like uh, Jacob and a woman that looks like Flora, and they're just very sad. And they're either sitting in like lounge chairs and like crying, or they're in rooms and they're just like frozen in this perpetual state of grief because it doesn't appear as though they were reunited in the afterlife or anything like that um but people see them a lot and it's it's people say that when they are in the rooms that they died in they get this like overwhelming feeling of like just nothingness like depression and like nothing matters and they don't like being there so Hmm. that's the sad story of the drake and one of the three most prominent stories. If you go and research anything on the Drake Hotel, you'll find people sharing like, I stayed in the scariest room in the Drake and my Ouija board moved. Um, there are lots of like, yeah, lots of the normal thing. Lights turn on and off. And I heard, you know, 
footsteps and knocks on the wall and all that. People love to go to the Drake to do these things. But um, these are the three that most people claim to see when they go ghost hunting. And uh, nothing, nobody's getting hurt or possessed or scratched or anything, which is a lovely change <laughs> from some of the stories. <laughs> But uh, that's it. That's the story of the Drake. Oh, and if you ask the Drake if they're haunted, they will be like, no, we are not. You crazy. You cray cray. So that's it. There's my short and um, rather chill ghost story for the week. That was pretty chill compared to the ones you've done lately. (laughs) My next one is a little less chill. Just one part. Okay. Just Just so you guys know, I've not lost my touch yet. But sometimes we do have to take a break. I needed from the it. Crazy. Yeah. I needed it because I was genuinely concerned it's... that I was bringing evil things into my house with my coffee maker that makes its own <laughs> coffee. Though I did, I did solve that. Friends, family, loved ones. Oh, good. It turned out. Good. It turned out it was my cat. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. He likes the button. How did you find that out? I caught him doing it. <laughs> he just like bops the buttons or something. Yeah. He sits on the counter, and he tips his head like an idiot. And then he hits the buttons, and then it turns on, and it scares him because, you know, the Keurigs make that sound, that like, and he's like, oh, yeah. my God, it's the devil. And then he jumps and leaves. <laughs> Is this Miser? No, it's Oliver. Miser oh, has, really? Yeah, Miser's got no fear of the devil. <laughs> because he is the he's, devil. He's like Constantine said. He's half in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's it. Well, um... That was good. It was chill. It was something. That was was good. I I would love to know if anybody experiments with the whole lady in red thing and stands at the foot of the bed. Go do (laughs) it. Do that, please tell us. Go do it. Record it. Record it. it. That's your challenge for the week. Scare your your spouse, your loved one, not your mother's. Your kid. Moms are off limits. You can totally scare your kid. Scare your kid. Just go stare stare at your kid while they're in bed. They, and you know what? Your kids deserve it because they've done it to you. You know that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you, when Marley was little, did she do that? Did she, like, stand at your bed with her little, like, face? Um, Occasionally. Marley's always, like, she's never been a good sleeper. Yeah. So, but she learned pretty early to stay in her bed because mama needs her sleep. Ah. So she didn't do that very often unless she just wasn't feeling good or whatever. But usually I would wake up before I would see her standing there Mm because every little sound wakes me up. Yeah. So, you know, I'd hear her cough and I'd be like, okay, here we go. (laughs) And then she'd be in my face. But they don't have, kids don't have that personal space thing. Like they They don't don't understand that when they're right in your face. Like that's it's, a problem. It's jarring. Yeah. Because my kids will do that. And they'll, they're they like, we're trying to get close to you so we whisper so we don't wake anybody else up. I'm like, just, no. Don't do it. If you're going to torture me by waking me up in the middle of the night, then wake your father up too. Yeah, he deserves, he deserves it. it. <laughs> I, sleep I shouldn't be the sleep. only one missing sleep. That's right. It's not fair. Yeah. So do that. Doesn't this feel somewhat familiar? You've got a memory buried, a door closing on its own, footsteps down the hall, a whisper in the night beckoning you to come closer? Send us your paranormal story, your spooks, your ghost and unexplained encounters, and we'll read them on the show. Include your name and address for a very special thank you note from us. You can email those stories directly to us at girlsandghoulspodcast at gmail.com. All right, there's your homework. It's time to get scary. There we go. All right, your turn. <laughs> okay. Do it. Scare well, us. Today, we are traveling to the shores of San Francisco. Oh. We're going to Alcatraz. Ah! I thought of... Which, in and of itself, is scary without even having any ghost stories. It's just a, a scary place. Um... Alcatraz, before it was the high security prison that we all know and love, it was a uh, prison used by the U.S. military for Confederate soldiers in the 1800s. And in the late 1800s, 
Indian tribesmen who refused to give in to the white man were housed there. Oh. Um, Spanish-American War in 1898, they added more people. They incarcerated people there. It went from around 100 prisoners to about 450 prisoners. Um, in the 20s and 30s, J. Ed- Edgar Hoover approved plans to officially turn Alcatraz into a high-security prison. They changed out the iron bars for hardened steel. They put up gun towers. They installed electric locks. And they hired the best guards from the federal penal system to work there. Um, It was an operation from 1934 to 1963. And wardens from prisons all over the country were told to send their worst inmates to the rock. These were inmates who had... Severe behavioral problems, those with a history of escape attempts, and even high-profile inmates inmates, um, who were receiving privileges because of their status or their notoriety. So they would come by train, and then they'd bring them by boat over to Alcatraz. And among the first groups were Al Capone, Doc Barker, who was the last surviving member of the Ma Barker gang, which I just love that name. The Ma Barker gang, yeah. Yeah, see, yeah. Um, Machine Gun Kelly, Robert Birdman of Alcatraz, Stroud, and Floyd Hamilton, who is a gang member and driver for Bonnie and Clyde, and a guy named Alvin Creepy Carpus. That's my new favorite name. Creepy. Alvin Creepy Carpus. I love it. I'm naming something. (laughs) So those were some of the more, oh gosh, you're going to get a new animal and name him Alvin Creepy Carpus. I'm just going to rename one of my children. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. kidding. I dub thee Creepy. I dub thee Creepy. (laughs) All of you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So those were some of the more high profile, uh, like quote unquote celebrity inmates that Alcatraz had um, when they first opened as a high security federal prison. Um, the conditions were not spectacular. I mean, if you've ever seen or visited Alcatraz, you know, it's literally a rock mm-hmm. with concrete walls and steel beams. And San Francisco is not the best climate in the world. Right. I mean, it's damp, it's cold, you know, even in the summer, it gets pretty chilly. Hmm. Um, so, we're going to run through some of the more popular places inside Alcatraz when it was used as a prison, and then we'll talk about some of the ghosts that are there. I feel like that's like um, a weird thing. Some of the what? most popular places in Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, these were, these were where the, the guards really liked to put people. So there was oh. one place called the Strip Cell. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a dark steel encased cell, had no toilet, had no sink. There was a hole in the floor, and it would be flushed from the outside. The inmates were put in there with no clothing, and they were given little food. It had a standard set of bars with an expanded opening to pass food through, but a solid steel door enclosed the prisoner in total darkness. They would be kept there for one to two days. It was cold, completely bare, except for a straw sleeping mattress that they removed every morning. Um, it was used for punishment for the most severe violations, and it was feared by the prison population. Nobody wanted to get put into the strip cell. Mm. There was a place called the Hole. It was a similar type cell. There were several of these. Um, they were on the bottom floor of the prison, and the mattresses were taken away in the morning. The prisoners would have bread and water as their meals, and every third day they'd have a, a solid meal. Uh, There was no daylight. There was a low wattage bulb suspended from the ceiling. That was the only light that they had in there. And they would spend up to 19 days there in complete silence and isolation. Um, Most of the people who were put in the hole would come out psychologically or physically changed. It's just not a good place. No, that's awful. It would basically make them go crazy. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Um, Located in front of unused a block was a staircase that led down to a large steel door and behind the door there were catacomb like corridors and stone archways that used to be used as gun ports from the days when alcatraz was a fort two of the rooms in that dark place were the dungeons um prisoners who had the misfortune of being placed in the dungeons were not only locked in but they were chained to the wall 
Their oh screams gosh. could not be heard in the main part of the prison. The only toilet they had was a bucket, and it was emptied once a week. Oh, my gosh. For food, they would get two cups of water and one slice of bread each day, and every third day they would get a regular meal. They were stripped of their clothing and their dignity as they were chained to the wall in a standing position from 6 in the morning until 6 at night. That's awful. In the darkest hours, they were given a blanket. Wow. That was it. Yep. Um, Al Capone was in the hole three times during his four-and-a-half-year stay at Alcatraz. Um, The first years at Alcatraz, the warden called them the silent years. Prisoners were not allowed to speak, sing, hum, or whistle. They're not allowed to make any noise. Oh, my gosh. Talking was forbidden. It was forbidden in the cells, the mess hall, and even in the showers. Um, Al Capone didn't like that too much, and he was very arrogant when he came to the prison because where he had come from, he was treated like royalty, and then he gets to Alcatraz, and he's like, these rules don't apply to me. So uh, he would get thrown into the hole for talking because he just would not shut up. Um, Oh, the inmates were allowed to talk for three minutes during the morning and afternoon recreation periods and for two hours on weekends, and that was it. Wow. Um, So Al Capone went to the hole twice for 10-day stretches for talking to other inmates, and he spent a full 19 days in the hole for trying to bribe a guard for information about the outside world. Um, Prisoners did not get newspapers or magazines. They weren't even allowed to get any gifts or mail or anything like that. Um, Every time Capone would come out of the hole, he was a little bit worse for wear, and eventually he went crazy. Um, People would make attempts on his life because of who he was, and there were a lot of other mob people in there, so they would try to kill him. Right. Um, The no-talking rule that he kept breaking, and he was beaten severely several times, like in the showers and stuff. Oh, no. So eventually... He was excused from recreation periods for his own protection, um, and he was allowed to have a banjo. His wife brought him a banjo, and he joined a four-man prison band. And the drummer in the group was Machine Gun Kelly, just FYI. Oh, wow. Kind of interesting. Um, so not only were they adept at killing people, they were musicians, too. Fancy. Multi-talented, Multi-talented. mobsters. Um, so... After more than three years on the rock, Capone was almost totally insane. He spent the last year of his sentence in the hospital ward undergoing treatment for syphilis, and most of the time he would play his banjo. Um, His last day on Alcatraz was January 6, 1939. He was transferred to a new federal prison at Terminal Island near L.A. When he was paroled, he became a recluse at his Palm Island, Florida estate, and he died broken and insane in 1947. Oh, my gosh. Um, Here's how bad it was. There were men like this one guy, Rube Percival, worked out their anguish through physical activity. He was hospitalized after purposely cutting off all the fingers on one hand with a hatchet while working in one of Alcatraz's workshops. He laughed as he did it, and he asked the guard to take care of the fingers on the other hand. Oh, my gosh. Just so he wouldn't have to work anymore. Um, There was another guy named Ed who used a pencil sharpener blade to slice through his own jugular. Killed himself. Wow. Uh, A guy named Joe Bowers attempted something similar with his eyeglass lenses. And when he failed, he climbed the outer fence knowing that he would be shot. He fell 75 feet to his death. Wow. So, a lot of bad juju in Alcatraz. Yeah. Um, So, let's talk about the ghosts. Yeah. Shall we? Um, so the original warden was this man named James Johnson and, uh, he basically didn't believe in any creepiness, paranormal, nothing. Um, he was the longest serving warden of Alcatraz. He'd seen a lot of things even before he came to Alcatraz, but especially once he got there, he saw a lot of stuff go on. Um, he didn't believe in ghosts, but he never could account for certain things that would happen. Um, He was giving people a tour of Alcatraz one day, and as they passed the area known as the dungeon, he heard the sounds of a woman crying that seemed to be coming from a wall. And just as the sobbing stopped, an icy wind blew through the room and startled everyone. That's spooky. And there were no women in Alcatraz. That's weird. 
Um, later on, the house where he lived on the island became a frequent spot for ghosts to allegedly appear. Several guards said that they had experiences during a holiday party. There was an apparition of a man with mutton chops and a gray suit who allegedly um, was seen by the men just as the fire extinguished itself and the room turned cold. Oh, my goodness. Um, in the dungeon... A worker claimed to have heard a horrible scream coming from the dungeon, but found no one there. Other workers and tour guides have heard loud clanging and banging sounds, which stop when the doors open. Even ghost hunters heard noises in that area, and they received an audible no when asked if the noise could be made again. <laughs> so they just one-upped it. They were like, here we go. It's fine. Mm-hmm. They're like, no, we're not doing it again. Once is all you get. Put that on your TV show. There you go. Um, there was a park service employee who was working one rainy afternoon, and there weren't very many tourists around. Um, she went for a walk around A Block, and when she went past the dungeon doors, she too heard a loud scream of a woman coming from the bottom of the stairs. And she ran away without looking. Um, when people asked her why she didn't report the incident, she said, I didn't dare mention it because the day before, everyone was ridiculing another worker who reported hearing men's voices coming from the hospital ward, and when he checked the ward, it was empty. Jeez. <laughs> um, the hole, there are several guides and rangers who have had all kinds of weird things happen. Um, one of the hole cells is 14D, and one of the one of the tour guides says there's a feeling of sudden intensity that comes from spending more than a few minutes around that cell another guide spoke up and said that cell 14d is always cold it's even colder than the other three dark cells sometimes it gets warm out here so hot that you have to take your jacket off the temperature inside the cell house can be in the 70s yet 14d is still cold so cold that you need a jacket if you spend any time in it wow um during the guard's stint in the mid-40s, there was an inmate who was in the cell. And once he was locked in there and the door was closed, he started screaming within seconds. Oh, my gosh. He claimed that there was a creature with glowing eyes that was in the cell with him. Um, and when the guards took him out, let's see. Hold on. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Tales of a ghostly presence wandering the nearby corridor were a continual source of practical jokes among the guards. Nobody took it seriously. Um, he continued to scream into the night, and finally there was abrupt silence. And the next day when the guards opened the cell, they found him dead. A horrible expression had been frozen into the man's face, and there were clear marks of hands around his throat. Oh, my gosh. The autopsy revealed that the strangulation could not have been self-inflicted. Some thought that a guard had gone in there and choked him, but nobody ever admitted that they went in there and opened the cell. Wow. Um, a lot of people said that they believed the killer was the spirit of a former inmate. Um, to add to the mystery, on the day following the tragedy, several guards who were performing a head count noticed that there were too many men in the lineup. Then at the end of the line, they saw the face of the convict who had recently been strangled in the hole. As they all looked on in stunned silence, he abruptly vanished. Oh, my gosh. He was there for head count. How crazy is that? That's, ugh. Um, Al Capone seems to be sticking around. A park ranger claims that he hears banjo music coming from the shower room. What? He didn't know the history of Alcatraz. Um, he couldn't find a reason for the sound, and when he documented it, that's when he found out about Al Capone and his banjo. Oh, my gosh. Um, there have been other visitors and employees have heard a banjo coming from the prison walls, too. <clears throat> wow. Um, there's a psychic named Sylvia Brown who felt a very intense presence in the laundry room in cell block C, mm -hmm. and she also said she felt that there was something very violent that had happened down there. Um, she described a tall, bald man, the exact appearance of a prisoner named Albie or A.B. Maldowitz. Um, she found out later that Maldowitz was known as the butcher because he was a hitman before he was arrested. Oh. And prison records indicated that he, in fact, died in the laundry room because he was brutally murdered by another inmate. Oh, my gosh. Um, 
there were also other incidents in the laundry room. A lot of people will have a heavy smell of smoke in the air, even though nothing is burning. Um, the final story that I have is pretty recent. Um, there was a British couple who were vacationing in San Francisco, and they took a tour of Alcatraz. Um, the woman, Sheila, said that they were in one of the cells, and the cell has this big steel door, but there's a small square of glass, like double-pane glass, mm -hmm. um, for the window. Yeah. And she said while they were in this cell, she started feeling really uncomfortable. Um, and she noticed the window in the cell door, and she thought it would make a cool picture to just take a picture of the cell door with the window in it. She took a picture with her phone. And she immediately noticed that when she looked at her picture, there was a woman in the picture who was not there when she took the picture. Oh, my gosh. It's very clear. I'll put it in the Facebook group. It's a very clear picture of a woman with, like, 1940s hairstyle. Oh, my gosh. Um, she brushed it off at first, thinking it was a reflection of another visitor that was in there. But when she looked at it after further inspection, she had the hairstyle from the 1930s or 40s. Um, the couple asked some of the Alcatraz staff if anybody had been there and they recognized her and nobody did. Um, but they swear that it's a ghost. There was never a female prisoner on Alcatraz, so nobody really knows who it could possibly be. But it's very, very clear in the picture. Oh, my goodness. Wow. So that is the creepy story of Alcatraz. It's a messed up place, yo. Mm-hmm. A lot of bad history there. A lot of abuse. That's terrible. A lot of violence. A lot of really bad people yeah. were there. Not just the prisoners. Yeah. You know. Oh, I'm yeah, sure yeah. the guards weren't always super nice. Yeah. Well, that was awesome. So. Mm-hmm. I still, I've been to San Francisco a couple of times, and I never did Alcatraz, but I'd like to. I don't think I do. Just for the history I of it. I want to go. You don't want to do it? I don't want to bring home any any angry guards. Or anybody who, you know, laughs while they cut their fingers off. I mean, that feels... I know, isn't that awful? That feels, like, weird to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. He's like, hey, can you cut these off for me? Because I've cut these off and I can't do it. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, yeah. like, what state of mind you have to be in to, like... No, I can't. I can't thankfully. even, like... I can't even... Can't mm -hmm. even. That's insane. Those poor people. I know. If I do ever go on a tour, I hope that my tour guide is Shirley. <laughs> oh. Wasn't that his name? And so I married an axe murderer and they went to Alcatraz and it was that dude and he's like, People call me Shirley. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would be great. I love it. You have to call them ahead of time and just let them know. Yeah. Like, listen, these are my Shirley. requirements. Here's my writer. <laughs> yeah. Here's my writer. I'm a professional, okay? I'm a, prof a professional. I need only the orange Reese's pieces, and I want them in a Tupperware dish. Because of germs. Because of germs. Paint everything there's brown. A lot of, there's a lot of nastiness in Alcatraz floating around. Blech. Probably. I'm sure. Gosh. I mean, it's a damp rock i know yeah Ugh. Ugh. well that was yeah terrifyingly fun thanks awful as usual um because people are just terrible i'll put the i'll put the picture up that uh sheila took with her sheila. phone so you can see the woman sheila. sheila yeah um yeah sheila and paul or vacationing. Vacationing. So. Mm -hmm. Like the fancy people. The fancy people. <laughs> so they did that, and um, it's pretty creeptastic how clear it is. Yeah. And I find it interesting, though, because there's that other story that they hear a woman screaming yeah. from the dungeon, you know? But there. And then they have this picture of a woman, but there were never yeah. any women prisoners in Alcatraz so strange now what happened before it was officially alcatraz i don't know like during the war the spanish-american war and the confederate war and like all that stuff i mean who knows but wow. that was all in the like late 1800s and they said this woman looks more like she's from the 30s or 40s so it's really weird weird really weird 
unsolved mystery. There were some things going down there that... Some conjugal visits that went wrong or something? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, like, think of the time period. There were... um, I mean, women weren't exactly viewed as people during that time period, so it wouldn't be unheard of that they would just bring women in for guards or Mm -hmm. inmates to do with what they wanted. That's true. That's very true. So on record... Very true. (laughs) There's probably nothing. Yeah, so on record, there's never been any women, but there could have been some that were for entertainment purposes. And we got some dark people there, so... That mm-hmm. entertainment probably did So this did was down do by screaming. the dungeon where people hear her screaming. And then, where was the picture? It was in one of the cells, but I don't know which one. It didn't say, mm-hmm. like, what part of the prison yeah. they were in when they took the picture. So, anyway. Hmm. It's really interesting. It's sad. Terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, guys. I think that's all I have. Yeah, that's it. We're done for today. That's it. If you love this episode, do us a favor, rate and review the podcast in your favorite podcast listening app. We take nothing less than five stars because 99% of the time we are awesome 100% of the time. (laughs) That's right. That's right. If you were listening to this episode now, do us a favor. You are listening to this episode now. Screenshot that you are listening. Screenshot your device. Share it on Instagram. Tag us at Girls and Ghouls. We'll give you a shout out. And... Stay spooky, friends. See ya. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Girls and Ghouls. Don't forget to subscribe to Girls and Ghouls on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. If you enjoyed the show, leave us a five-star review or tell us how scared you were on social media. You can tag us with hashtag Girls and Ghouls or tag us at Girls and Ghouls. Until next time, stay scared, friends.